for some reason, just after I recorded episode 47 of this series, series 11, I started thinking what the parallels are between image-to-image transformations and text-to-text transformations. And I had the following thought. Suppose you've got a model that has been trained on images and you give it an image that is, say, a thousand by a thousand. So it has a million pixels or a million bytes or whatever it is to start with. It progressively adds noises, noise to them, blurs, so that it generates a latent space. And then it picks a point in the latent space and recreates something that is at least related to the original image, even if when you look at it, any similarities are very hard to spot. All right, we've talked about that and you can go back and listen to previous episodes. But suppose instead we do the same thing Well, I was going to say with text, but something slightly more than text. Suppose if we had the computer power, we could take what I suppose you could regard as the image or an image of human history. And it wouldn't just be a thousand by a thousand. It would be hundreds of millions by hundreds of millions. But it would in however many dimensions it needed to exist, represent the sum of human knowledge, human experience, human culture, human understanding of the universe. And some wag on Twitter the other day said that if you can fit everything we know into about 50 gigabytes in on Wikipedia, then that's about the totality of human achievement. Well, that's a bit silly. But just suppose you could do something like that and create a corpus that represented the sum of human knowledge, experience, wisdom, understanding, the whole shooting match. And suppose, for the sake of argument, that it was 100 gigabytes. Now, if we regard that as an image in the same vein as an image-to-image transformation, let's suppose that we now, I'm I'm, I'm assuming we have the computing resources to do this, so let's not put practical considerations in the way. Suppose we take that 100 gigabytes and we noise it in just the way we do with an image that we can see and we noise it and we get a latent space and it might need to be hundreds, thousands or even hundreds of thousands of steps into the space in order to get something that we could do something with. And then that latent space which would have an unconscionable number of points in it but each of them would be a descendant of the original 100 gigabyte image. 
So we take one and we re-noise it. In other words, we try to go back to something that is certainly descended from, but fundamentally and noticeably, identifiably, recognisably different from the original 100 gigabytes. And we do that according to some, I don't know, some idea, some prompt, some text prompt, some wish to make things different. So supposing we had the computer resources to do that, we might end up with a very different model for human achievement, for human history, for human culture, for everything that there is that we know about. We might end up with something quite different from the 100 gigabytes that we started with and something which had moreover been redesigned according to this perhaps very substantial text prompt that we had used to reconfigure it. So to use the metaphor again, it's like going into the underworld. You go right down until you find yourself in this inchoate, incomprehensible, unrecognisable latent space where there are all these points, each of them a child of the world as we know it. And then you pick one and you reconstitute it to get to a different world from the one we know, but according to certain criteria that one might call ideological or philosophical or heaven forfend, even metaphysical or religious, but some set of attributes where we could say, let's reconfigure, let's re imagine, let's repurpose the whole of human history according to some new scheme. And we end up with an image. You know, of course, we can end up with many images. We might not just be one, there might be a lot. That, I think, is what this whole series has been about. Because the unmaking of sense that takes us down into the depths, into the latent space, is the adding of noise to a world picture that we think is very comfortable and indeed we think is right, which is the image that we start with. But it's no good just stopping with the unmaking. How do we remake? How do we come back? And what do we end up with if we try? And is it better? Well, it'll certainly be different. Whether it's better remains to be seen. But just as a final footnote for what's going to be a very big but very short episode here, this episode 48, the world just can't escape thinking of things in terms of violence. Almost every Hollywood movie you ever watch has a first half which is quite interesting and then it degenerates into some kind of war game or battle plan or even usually, frankly, fisticuffs or a sword fight because that's the only normative way we seem to imagine that we can settle 
our differences. And we've just seen the Americans and the UK launch attacks on the uh, on the um, Houthi Houthi in uh, Yemen. We've seen Israel launching attacks on Gaza and Hamas launching attacks on Israel. We've seen Russia endlessly attacking Ukraine and so on. Why is that the only narrative? Why is it that we can't think our way out of that, as indeed I thought we had started to do before Putin launched on his execrable war? Why can't we think differently? Why can't we unmake sense and remake sense in a way that renders war and bloodshed and destruction unnecessary? Well, of course, if you're British, there's a very good reason, because we make an enormous amount of money out of selling armaments that allow other people to kill themselves. But to come back to my main point because it's far more important. If we imagine image to image as being like the transformation of a worldview, then the unmaking of one image, the disassembly, the going down into the depths to find a point from which we can start again, is the beginning of the remaking of sense that the world needs. Thank you for listening.